Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You know, I can always tell when Doug's in the building because about 15 minutes before he takes to the air, the contest line starts to ring for the, <laughs> for the Sorgles gift certificate. Anyway, we'll take the 10th caller at 412-922-1020 for that Sorgles gift certificate. But we want to take your gardening questions on this wintry Sunday, the first in this incredible month that's full blown because New Year's Day, you know how that goes, leading in New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, that's kind of a party time. But this is the first working day, and it also is the Orthodox Christmas holiday. So Merry Christmas to our friends of the Orthodox faith. Doug wants to talk gardening, 866-391-1020, but we always like to do some other stuff. I see the Stones are going to have another North American tour. Did you see that? <laughs> Unbe- uh, they're going to start out, and they're going to be in SoFi out there in California. They're going. I'm to going Fed. to that show. Are you going to SoFi? Yeah. Nice. Going to Orlando, going to Cleveland. You're going to three? Uh-huh. My man. Also, you and I actually saw a movie with Paul Giamatti. Yeah. A great movie. Tell him about it. Called The Holdovers, and when I saw the preview, I you know, I hadn't been to a theater in I don't know how many years. I said, I'm gonna I have to see this movie and I'm gonna see it in the theater. It was you know, it was at the end of its run. It was just me and one other person in the theater. <laughs> But man, it is a phenomenal holiday movie, and Giamatti is just great. And it's you know it's it's set in uh, you know seventies and what you and I can relate. Yeah, to. yeah. I just uh, I knew I just you know sometimes you just know that's the movie for you. And and I was surprised that uh, Cindy told me that you were talking about oh. it on the air, and I was like, oh man, I can't believe you found it already on uh, Peacock. Peacock right. Yeah, because I just thought the theater maybe. Maybe a month ago, I don't know. Well, the connection, obviously, the great Comcast brand out of Philly, Focus Pictures, uh, Peacock, uh, NBC, the whole thing. And I literally was just home one day, and I went, I've been wanting to see that movie. I haven't been to a movie theater in forever either, and I really got to do that real soon. It was but back in the silent days, wasn't it? It's been a long time. I can't even tell you the last movie I saw. But I'm a big fan of movies. I try to watch them as much as I can. But I'm a huge fan of Paul Giamatti, great character actor. Um, but it's set in a boarding school and he's like this kind of cantankerous professor who gets stuck with these (laughs) kind of juvenile delinquents for the holiday and they kind of all blend together and they don't have a way to get home right and it's just a really good story that i think could have some legs that maybe every christmas you Mm. might want to watch it so if you haven't seen it it's a great movie and paul giamatti happens to be the son of bart giamatti the former major league baseball commissioner who passed away as a very young man He's best known for banning Pete Rose from baseball. So it, it's just a real nice, feel-good movie. Yeah, I loved it. And, and that that Mr. Giamatti kind of reminded me a little of you. <laughs> the glasses, the beard. 
The intellect, good stuff. And the little, intellect, I don't little, know about that. little cantankerous, too, but we love you. So you're heading to Baltimore this week. Yeah, uh, I will be in Baltimore this week for the annual Mid-Atlantic Nursery Trade Show. Uh, I love going every year. I'm going to get a lot of uh, lot of stories here for the, the radio show. I'll be recording some people there. I'll be writing some stories from there. I'll be reporting every day from there, and it's always fun to, to go there and see all the new stuff that you know, plants and, and everything gardening. It, it's it's unbelievable. The entire convention center, and it's huge, is just filled with with, uh, with gardening stuff. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Now today, let's get to today. We've got a, a guest, uh, Perla Sofia Curbelo Santiago. She's the author of Verdura. I hope I'm saying that right. Living a Garden Life. It's a really cool book. I enjoyed the book a lot. And uh, I'd worked with Perla uh, on some projects for uh, American Horticultural Society. So I wanted to have her on the show. And we're going to have some fun. Um, is there a garden question up there, Rob? Yes, yeah, it let's is. Let's get it before we start into all this other stuff. All right. Here is Virginia on KDK. Hi, hey, Virginia. Virginia. Hi. Glad I caught you. Good morning. Um, love to listen to you every week. Um, the question that I have, I have those big plants outside. They're like, they, they, they're big and they get plumes on them. Um, like a grass? Yes. Uh-huh. It's like a tall grass. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one that's starting and I want to destroy it because <laughs> <laughs> they take over. Well, what can I use? Uh, the real way to do it is is one of those extra ones that came up in the early spring. Just dig it out. Uh, it won't be that difficult, especially if it's a young one like that. And uh-huh. that's the best way. A- anything else you're going to use on there, because because that grass is just tough as nails. Physically, just digging it out, especially a little one, won't be a big deal. And then just throw it in the compost pile or turn it upside down and put it in the back of the yard. You'll be fine. The only thing is, it's it's a very difficult. It's coming between a cement, um, and, and and it's hard to get into there. <laughs> well, the other thing to do would be with a string trimmer, cut it to the ground, mm-hmm. and continue to cut it to the ground. There are some organic herbicides you could use, something like a. It's called Avenger, or mm-hmm. uh, Burnout, and. If you just keep cutting it back like three or four times in as uh-huh. many in as many weeks, that'll really put a dent into it, and then maybe put one of those organic herbicides on there, and you'll be fine. Oh, okay, all right. Well, thank you very oh, much. Oh, good. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, glad we got you to your call because we got a guest for the next two segments, and going to have a drastic change. I talked about it yesterday. Drastic change uh, for this year's tomato garden. I've made the decision. I talked about all these weird seeds uh, from Tomato Fest last week uh, that they're discontinuing, that we as gardeners can um, can buy and plant and continue to to you know keep the the, the plant alive. And so I'm gonna I might plant a couple favorites, but I'm I'm trashing my whole regular thing. Like I need tomato seeds, like I need a hole in the head. I have a freezer bag size filled and it's not in a freezer of tomato seeds that people have sent me or I've saved over the years but I'm going with these all new ones you know black ethiopian blueberries bull's heart cindy's west virginia esmeralda golosina heart of samobor which is a croatian tomato less's sweet japanese pearl harbor you know I love my world war 2 tomato and I've got another world war 2 tomato to grow and um 
and a German one. Uh, <laughs> Quedlinburger Frau Lieb. Uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm changing up everything just to continue these varieties and just to I don't know put a fire fire into the garden this year. All new stuff, and I am looking for a place to grow them. I've got a couple people that have have sent me some ideas. If you had a nice little spot that had full sun and you wanted to grow like or let me grow 10 or 15 tomato plants, I'd love to hear about it. Just go to DougOster.com. Uh, don't worry about the snow on the plants. It should be gone today. Don't go out there and try and knock it off. You'll probably do too much damage. I finally got the last 300 bulbs planted, and, oh, it was cathartic. It was so nice to be out there and, you know, looking at the property. I look. I take a picture every year of where the daffodils are and aren't, and, this year I added those 300, those last 300 anyway, right on the edge of the driveway. And they're really cool varieties. And, of course, I got them at a discount. And inside, the amaryllis and the paper whites are blooming. Just a reminder that at DougOster.com, I've got all the information on how to make those things rebloom. And all it is is, you know, after they're done blooming, you you just treat it as a house plant. And then at a certain point, you just let them dry out, don't give them any water, and then six, eight weeks later, they'll come back. It's it's no big deal. Uh, planning ahead to the Home and Garden Show. Again, this company, Tomato Fest, has donated two tomatoes for my annual seed giveaway. Every year at the Home and Garden Show, I love to give away some seeds and two really cool tomatoes. One I'd given away before, uh, which is Clint Eastwood Rowdy Red. Now, that is really interesting in that Clint Eastwood worked with this guy who runs Tomato Fest, Gary Ibsen, in Carmel, California, and they had this tomato festival. And so they named this, you know, they here's the story. The seeds from this unnamed variety were given to Gary, who runs Tomato Fest, from a tomato breeder. He crossed his favorite tomato varieties, this uh, Archie Millet, formerly of the University of California, Davis, crossed his favorite tomato va- varieties over many years to produce this disease-resistant tomato with intense flavor. When I gave away Clint Eastwood's Rowdy Red a few years ago, people went nuts over it. And it's open pollinated, meaning you can save the seeds and it'll be the same thing. Tall, indeterminate, lots of two inch, six to 10 ounce deep red round tomatoes with a subtle point at the end. Robust, bold, complex flavors, fruity sweetness. It's really cool. The other tomato that I'll be giving away, and this is this is in the future, this is in March, but I, I just want to let everybody know, uh, called Julia Child, uh, named for the culinary icon. And again, four-inch, deep pink, lightly fluted tomato with super robust flavors, an excellent choice, says Gary. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. Are we ready for a break, Rob, or can I go one more little thing here? One more little thing. A fun project that I do during the winter is growing microgreens, and it's so easy. All you need is some kind of planting mix, get it moist, and certain types of seeds, just regular old seeds, leftover seeds. I love radishes, but you could use radishes, beans, sunflowers, um, uh, anything from the, the coal family, coal crops like broccoli and, and kale, things like that. It's so easy. You just get them to sprout. They get a couple inches tall. You just snip them off and put them into a salad. It's like that super nutritious but really tasty and fun to do over the winter. I like to have two different microgreens going. One's going and you're harvesting. The other one's sprouting. Uh, it's it's a great way to garden during the winter. 
Hey, don't forget, coming up today, our new show in the 10 o'clock hour, it is uh, your retirement blueprint from the Accurate Solutions Group. So you don't want to miss that in the 10 o'clock hour. And of course, next hour, it's all about, well, clean and healthy eating for the new year on the Coons Cooking Hour with Frank Dentisi and I. And vacations begin here at the Pittsburgh Travel Showcase, presented by AAA Travel January 19th through the 21st at the David Lawrence Convention Center. There's exclusive discounts and convenient one-stop shopping. Tickets at PittsburghTravelShowcase.com, where your adventure is waiting for you. Time now for another great guest on the Organic Garden. Yes, very excited to welcome Perla Sophia. Let me finish it. The, the, I have to say, with your host, Doug Oster. Oh, I thought you just, I didn't know you were still talking. DougOster.com. Okay. I'm very excited to join, uh, have Perla Sofia Corbello Santiago join me, author of Verdura, Living a Garden Life, 30 Projects to Nurture Your Passion for Plants and Find Your Bliss. I love the book. Good morning, Perla. Good morning, Doug. Good morning. Thank you for having me. And it's so nice to talk to you in this, in this scenario because we have, <laughs> I collaborated in the past in others. <laughs> yes, we've, we've had fun working together, uh, doing some, some projects together. So tell me about the start of the book. What inspired you? Well, thank you uh, for the question. Definitely um, to share with people my gardening um, style and and especially the focus on the process of gardening. Sometimes we forget about what's going on be, uh, before planting and in terms of, well, you, you think about, oh, okay, I have to go to the garden center and buy the what I need to do certain projects and, and you don't enjoy that process at all until you got to the garden. So I wanted to share with people, I inspire people, I inspire people to see that that process, that beforehand process of the guard of any garden gardening project, as part of the journey, as part of the fun. So yeah, that that was part of the inspiration for the book, and of course, going off my comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> in, in the in the book. You talk about being moved by this phrase when visiting a garden in Buffalo. The most important part yeah. of, of a garden is the one who enjoys it. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. In 2017, I, I, I went to the Botanical Garden in Buffalo, New York. And uh, I, that was my very first trip as a garden communicator, uh, being part of GardenCom uh, member. And, um, and I remember... You know, strolling through the through the botanical garden, and I saw this little rock with that anonymous uh, message, um, and uh, and I was like, yeah. Sometimes you you forget to include yourself in the equation of gardening. You just garden, and that's it. And, and sometimes the gardening process becomes stressful for you, and and you forget about why you started in the first place. So at the end of the day, if you are not having fun gardening on or doing whatever you like to do to relax or or, or have fun, nobody's going to do it for you. So when I I remember uh, I remember that phrase of you know putting yourself uh, first and and be be thinking about you as 
as the person who has to enjoy the, the process, that definitely um, connected with me. Also, years later, when I, I, I was studying horticultural therapy, one of the principles that they teach you, it, it was like, you have to think about the client's needs uh, first and and then becomes the project. The project is not the most important thing in in the gardening process here is the client's needs. And so that's why I really like that phrase and I wanted to include it in, in the book. I remember that garden. We must have been there at the same time, but I don't remember us talking, but we were both yeah, we were both in we were both in yeah. Buffalo at the same time. Uh, with Jessica, yeah. by the way, Jessica and I were both there. Uh, so, in the book, you've got all these cool projects, but one. Well, we're going to talk about a lot of them as as we get into this. But one that deals with mm-hmm. looking back at yourself at 13 years old. What an interesting viewpoint! Tell me a little bit about coming up with that for the book. That's so cool. Yeah, you know that. So sometimes we as uh, interviewer, we ask other people, oh, what would you tell your 20-something-year-old, um, you know, based on what you know now? So <laughs> I I wanted to use that concept uh, of that question that I, I bet you've been asked to also. Um, and, and going back, you know, in your adolescence, when you're a when you're a teenager and that you feel so awkward and, and when I was looking back and and I always look back to my childhood, to my teenage years, um, to see how that la- that age how impacted me of the things that I really like right now. And definitely gardening and being in the garden outdoors was something huge when I was a teenager. Besides the all the awkwardness that can come with uh, with that age, so I wanted to pay a certain homage to that, and you know through gardening, and of course also to to relate to with the reader because at certain point we all had uh, thirteen, we were thirteen <laughs> a year old. You know, you can uh, talk. To me about your own experience being a 13 year old where you were what were the things that you really like and when you're trying to put uh, all that influence that all the things that matter to you at that age into something creative like garden a garden project that that also can be a paint or or writing or whatever, but um, in terms of gardening, what would be something cool that your 13-year-old would like? And, um, and, and of course, I let the space there for the reader, not just to be inspired to and, and go deep and think about their own experience, but to write it down. All right, Perla, hang in there. We're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk to Perla Sofia Curbelo Santiago, author of Verdura. We'll talk all about the book when we come back. I got lots of questions for her. It's a wonderful, wonderful book, and we'll tell you how you can get a hold of it. All coming up in just a couple of moments right here on KDKA. All right, let's make it the 10th caller right now to win that gift certificate to Janoski's in Clinton, 412-922-1020. Back to our guest, Perla Sofia Curbelo Santiago, author of 
of Verdora, Living a Garden Life, 30 Projects to Nurture Your Passion for Plants and Find Your Bliss. And Perla, I want to talk about some of these projects, uh, but also yeah. about uh, how the book is structured, where you can, mm-hmm. actually, you can actually write some notes in there, and there's a lot in there about reflection. This is what I loved about the book. There are some great, great, you know, nuts and bolts projects, but it's also about this reflection and learning a little bit about slowing down by using your garden. Yes, definitely. Um, uh, uh, you know, we writers also like to write in the margins. Well, at least for <laughs> me, like to write in the margins of books. Um, you know, things that we really like and we want to come back to it or we want to put down, you know, our reflection, you know, uh, those bits of reflections. So definitely as someone who likes nature journaling, things like that, I was like, this is a great way for people to use the book even more, not just read it and try to follow each of the gardening recipes, but make them make the project their own and um, and facilitate them um, that, you know, instead of going for a paper, hey, write in the book and make it your own. So that's what was one of the reasons that we decided to structure the book in that way. And of course, if the, the third projects are divided into six areas. And, um, and if you notice, you know, like um, encouraging wellness, which is one of the sections, which has uh, five projects, um, the, the, each section has an outcome or at least an outcome to promote. And in this one, encouraging uh, wellness, it is for you to use all your senses um, through each of the, the projects. So that is something that we also wanted to, to help out the, the reader go through, especially if you are someone who is starting to garden and you want some uh, a little bit of guidance, but also feel like you're adventuring in, into this. So, yeah. This is why we wanted to make it also fun, a, a way that um, people can um, use it. And it is really fun. Discuss your personal connection to a night sky garden. I thought that was cool. Yeah. How much do you use your garden at night? Because I really like to take some strolls in, during the night and, of course, try to do some stargazing, but um, since I live in an urban area, it's very difficult unless you have a blackout, and uh, and, and of course there's no power, and then you can see the the sky. And um, so this project, I I really like it. I I born in this town in Puerto Rico, which is in the north part of the island called Arecibo, and in the town there's the radio telescope which was very important, and it's still it is important for the astronomy community. And um, to for those who are moviegoers in the 90s, what the movie Contact was filmed there, that uh, movie for, with Matthew McConaughey and Judy Foster. So that place, it is very special, um, not only for me, but a, a lot of people. And, um, and I wanted to pay... Um, attention to what's going on in 
or how the universe or the stars can can also help us, um, you know, slow down, um, think about our purpose in life as as the way we do it with when we are gardening during the day, and um, and and think of, and as when you garden and and you start thinking about all this all the wildlife that comes into your garden, but also how the wildlife use your garden during the night. And because of light pollution, and um, that is something that it affects so much the wildlife that you're trying to attract, to lure into your garden during the day. And there's many things that you can do to change that. So, of course, doing an inspire uh, project, you know, and, 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 a star inspiring project like this one is the Sky Garden. Um, it it is also for make you to take you, you know, to to help you think about the things that you can do to help reduce um, the light pollution, and starting in your backyard, and then you know, as part of the community, what other things you can do, thinking about now but also for your future and of course the the future generations so that is why i i i was attracted to include um this 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 kind of project you know we all always are relating gardening to do it during the day but um it is something that because of climate change we are going to start seeing more behavior changes in in to gardening, you know, I, at least for me, this past summer, I I did a lot of gardening during uh, the night, and of course, that put some pressure in the in in the problem that we already have with light pollution because you're going to start seeing people um, using the, their gardens more during the night, and they will need you know uh, more light. And that will affect the wildlife that it comes in into your garden. So those are things that I want you also to think while you're gardening. So it is it is a very interesting uh, topic. So we can have just one hour for that. <laughs> you know, when you were putting the book together, what were you hoping that readers would get out of their time with your book, Verdura, Living a Garden Life? Oh, definitely fun, adventure, um, and of course, uh, a lot of garden breaks. We don't take enough breaks in our life, in our daily working life. And gardening, or at least enjoy uh, enjoying a place, a green space, is something that can help us in you know, to slow our mind and also physically, emotionally. So yeah, that that is something that I really hope the readers can get from the book. Inspiration, something that pushed them to do their own projects, and but always to have fun while doing it. What's the best way for listeners to connect with you, Perla? Of course, through Instagram, they can reach me um, with the handle AgroChic, and of course, if you speak. Spanish and likes to read or practice your Spanish, you can reach me through our website, agroship.com, and my and my gardenbreak.com, which is our new website in English that I t- 
talk a lot about the benefits of gardening for our wellness. Well, Perla Sofia Corbello Santiago, author of Verdura, Living a Garden Life, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I love the I love the book, and it was great to talk to you again, and I'm sure we will see each other soon. And you can find uh, information on, on how to connect with Perla also at my website where you can get to her AgriChic website. Thanks again, Perla. Thank you so much, Doug. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You just did that pronunciation so well. No, I don't think I did, but uh, I'll ask her off the air if I did. I just no, went for it. Good. <laughs> All right. Where'd you uh, run into her again? We worked together for a project for American Horticultural Society for a couple years. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny that she talked about Buffalo because I remember when Jessica and I went to Buffalo for that, you know, the garden com, the, you know, garden writers and garden communicators. Uh, we did a Facebook Live for Davey back then. Uh, that ah. was the very start of Facebook Live. And I remember going to that garden. I wish I would have known Perla then. It would have been nice to talk to her there. But we... When I remember going through that buffalo garden, there was a bunch of uh, succulents, and they were all named for the Han family, which is the local yes. nur- nursery in Ross. Right, right, uh, right. You know, if if you see a uh, a succulent and it had, the last name is Hanii, which is H A H N I I, that means that uh, it actually uh, Sylvan Han, who who was uh, one of the founders of Han, he he named that plant. He found it in in like his his greenhouse as something different, and and it was so just so cool to see something. You know, I was able to sit there and talk. This is from, you know, Pittsburgh. This is this is a plant that was bred in Pittsburgh. So not bred, but discovered in Pittsburgh. Nice. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Wrap up uh, this week's edition of the Organic Gardener. Some closing comments from Doug. If you want to get in here with a question, you can do that at eight six six three nine one ten twenty. And then it's Coon's Cooking Hour, just moments away after that eight o'clock news with Rob Taylor. It's your Pratt Pack on KDKA Radio. All right, Doug here for about uh, six seven more minutes. So if you have a gardening question, eight six six three nine one ten twenty. Doug. Well, I'm having fun planning for another season. <laughs> drawing out what's going to be in the vegetable garden. I did not plant as much garlic as I normally do because I wanted to have some more space in the garden for some other things, especially early in the season. I'm excited that the winter has started so slowly, so I've got lots of arugula and uh, broccoli, or, I'm sorry, uh, kale uh, and lettuce. So we've been picking lettuce all the time just in cold frames, and that's been nice. I did get a question about, uh, uh, from a friend, my friend Larry, about cold frames, which is just a unheated greenhouse out in the garden where you have a clear or translucent top on it with a hinge to open it up. It just gives the plants that love cool weather a little bit more protection. But he said, should I clear off the snow? Should I clear off the ice? I'm like, no, nah, just leave it on there. It's a good insulator. You know, if, as long as the snow's on there, snow's actually a good thing for us because it is an insulator for everything that's under the ground. But speaking of garlic... Another way to use garlic is to just get some cloves and plant them in a pot on the windowsill. And I do this every year, and I love it. You just, you're not going to get the bulbs, but you're going to get the greens. And so I'm wondering if the pizza my wife made yesterday had some of those greens in it, but it was to die for. Uh, and so that's just an easy, easy project. You know, it doesn't need much light, doesn't need much water. Uh, you can keep uh, that garlic churning around, churning along most of the winter. Another really fun project for the winter is called winter seed sowing. And all it means is 
you're actually planting up like uh, a lot of people use a milk jug and they kind of use a sharp uh, knife and cut around it and leave a little bit on there for a hinge and they drill holes in the bottom. And so they fill that up with planting mix, get it moist, put seeds of anything you want, and then you just stick them outside in the winter, believe it or not. I mean, it could be tomatoes, could be lettuce, could be anything. And you close the top and they just sit out there and they sprout when they're ready. And they will. What you're doing is you're basically emulating what nature does. So let's take, for instance, the uh, a tomato. So a tomato grows, and if you weren't touching it, it would fall off. That would be the seed delivery system. It would sit there all winter, and the next spring, whatever was still viable, would sprout up. But that's what we're doing. And I've done it for a few years now and really have enjoyed it uh, as a, a easy way to get things started. Uh, and, uh, like I said, it could be just about anything. I like to do it with like, uh, hard seeds that love cold weather. Like I love to do it with radishes and spinach and lettuce and things like that. Those all come up really quick, really early. And I will actually, some of mine will actually, I'll throw that milk jug, close the lid and put it into a cold frame. So it has kind of a double, whenever the sun comes out, it warms up quick and you got Really easy seedlings right off the bat. I did have a couple questions that I've never got to uh, that people have sent me. And one was from Marjorie who said, when do we move peonies? And my answer always is never. (laughs) Never move peonies. I tell the story often about moving one. And, you know, I wanted to put it in more sun. And it ended up being on what, at the time, the kids were using for third base. And I, you know, waited three years after I moved it for that plant to put buds on and <laughs> somebody got stuck on third base and just plucked all the buds off, well, all but one of the buds off. Uh, but if you do have to move them, and sometimes you have to move something, it's really best done in the spring. As soon as you see those kind of like red uh, r- red stems poke up, that's the, that's the best time to move them. And one more question real quick before we go. John asks, what can I do to help my garden now for next year? Oh, what I'm doing is getting uh, well-aged animal manure or compost or something like that on the beds so that they're ready to plant right away when you get into the garden. The, the, the hardest part about that early spring garden is how much rain we get. And if that soil is too wet, if it sticks to the shovel, and you know how that is in the spring, I'm always talking about that. If the soil sticks to the shovel, it's too wet to turn. You're going to ruin the soil. Well, if you just put a nice layer of compost on top or well-aged animal manure or something good like that, first, you're going to replace those nutrients that have been taken out of the garden. You know, usually I'm doing that this time of the year because the ground's frozen and and the wheelbarrow won't sink in, but it's so wet out there now. It has to get done. You've got to get this stuff in the garden, but it it's so much easier to turn that soil uh, in the spring because it, it's just this soft wonderful compost that's on top and it just makes your early spring planting much better all right rob you okay over there yeah i'm pushing the cough button i've got a little cold here and i cannot shake it uh but (laughs) i got all day today to lay around so it'll be okay i'll never forget a dear friend of mine we're driving by a cemetery and he's coughing just uncontrollably and a gentleman who happened to be in the front seat is another dear friend. 
And he said, you need to do something about that cough. And we were driving by a cemetery. And he said, let me tell you one thing. There's a thousand people in that cemetery who would love to have this cough right now. So that's okay. Feel better. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Doug. Stay tuned. Frank Dentisi coming up. The Coons Cooking Hour. Eating clean and healthy on KDK with your Pratt Pack. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.